Call the wizard. Ask him a question. Call the wizard. What's on your mind? Call the wizard hotline. Call the wizard. Any old time. Call the wizard. What do you want to know? Call the wizard hotline. Now. 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 Hello, everyone. Wherever, whenever, whatever you are, you are now tuned in to this podcast as a ritual. This podcast is a magic ritual that spans time and space, and it includes anyone who ever has, currently is, or ever will listen to the words that I'm saying right now. So if you're listening to this, you're part of the magic. And today we have a very special, extra special, extra dimensional version of this ritual, the wizard hotline. I, of course, am the literal wizard himself, Devin Person, and today I'll be taking calls from the past. These are all the calls that came into the hotline since the last time we did a hotline episode, which came out sometime in spring of 2022. I'm currently situated in early October of 2022, and you are listening to this in the future, whenever that might be that you find yourself saying, huh, let's listen to that episode and clicking the little click button on your little clicky device. So now we're all here together, joining hands across time. So let's just take a nice deep breath in together and settle into the magic. Because it's not that I'm just between past and future right now. I'm also situated nicely between two important anniversaries. A couple of months ago, I was fortunate enough to host the one-year anniversary of Wizard Wednesday, which is a fun little event I host at a neighborhood tavern here in Louisville, Kentucky, where I live. And so we had a bunch of guests come out, including the fabulous Gilly Shine, who drove up from Alabama to be with us. And uh, some of the calls that we'll hear today came from that evening. We're also a little bit more than a month away from November 30th, which is not only the anniversary of this podcast as a ritual but an anniversary of the original ritual I cast to become a wizard, which I currently am. So that's the proof that my magic worked and we're just powering forward into the future together. And I don't want to give much away, but we're doing something really exciting and really awesome for the anniversary this year. We're taking the podcast in a whole new direction. So stay tuned for November 30th, 2022, whether that's coming up or it's already in your past, so you can just scroll up and listen to that episode as soon as you're done with this one. That's the magic of time and space. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Devin. I know you were just listening to Devin, but that was a past Devin, and this is still a past Devin for you, but a future Devin from the one that was just talking a moment ago. Uh, So I had to interrupt this episode because a very funny synchronistic thing happened. I recorded this the other night and finished recording, went on about my business, And then before going to bed, I checked my email and saw that another voicemail had come into the wizard hotline. So I gave it a listen. It came in right as I was recording that other episode. And it was about time. In fact, it was very eerily similar to the intro that I just gave. So I'm not going to answer this question because I think this interruption in a way answers the question itself. But I'm going to hand it over to uh, Ted, the apprentice wizard who's going to help us kick off this episode with our magic word. Hello. This phone call is a ritual. Welcome to Ritual Space. My name is Ted Watkins, and I am apprenticing to wizardry. We're acting out my apprenticeship to wizardry. I don't know. 
Anyway, today's magic word is time. So let's say it all together on the count of three. One, two, three, time. I've picked that word because I'm kind of in the middle of time. I started this podcast at the beginning of the first episode and listened chronologically through, but I haven't caught up with all the episodes yet. So I'm behind in the podcast because I have about a year and some change worth of episodes to listen to, but I'm also ahead of that because those episodes happen in my past timeline. It's weird. Anyways. I'd like to add to the conversation about time magic because I think we've talked about it in this podcast so far as two characters. There's our past selves and our future selves. But I think it can be useful sometimes to think about that in the terms of four characters. There's our ideal past selves, which is how we remember ourselves, and then our default past self, which is without all our our filters and framing. Uh, We have false memories. We erase things out. We make ourselves more graceful or less graceful, depending on our mood. But without those filters, there's our default past self. Uh, There's also our desired future self, which is where we, from where we are, where we want to go. And there's our future selves that might know better, that have had the opportunity to complete those goals, but then knew better when the time came. Uh, Maybe what we want now isn't really what's going to be best for ourselves in the long run. So my question for the wizard today is, what kind of spell can we do to acknowledge our default past selves without the frames and the filters and honor our future selves that might know better than what we want today? Thank you. So if you'd like to have your call, question, comment, whatever it might be, in a future episode of the Wizard Hotline, give us a little jingle jangle at 860-415-6009. And if you didn't write it down, that number is also in the description for this episode, which is probably the easier way to find it. And without any further ado, let's hop in our little wizard phone-shaped time machine and start fielding some calls. What's the ocean's biggest secret? The ocean's biggest secret is that it's keeping all of its secrets forever. We lost our chance to discover them. For a long time, the ocean was too deep, too dark, too cold for us to get down there and discover those secrets. And now that we have some of the equipment that would let us do that, uh, we fucked up the ocean. Spoiler alert, we fucked up the ocean. The ocean's very, very fucked up. It's full of plastics and microplastics and macroplastics and oil and all kinds of other stuff. So unfortunately, whatever weird sentient race of shrimp was living by a volcano vent at the bottom of the ocean floor, they gone now and the ocean's going to keep that secret to its grave, which is what it's becoming. Sorry if that was a bummer. Let's take another call. 
Hi, Devin. My name is Kirsten, and I am a big appreciator of what you do. I wanted to ask you if you had any thoughts around the concept, as above, so below, and a little bit on the topic of, I don't know if it's holographic theory or pixel theory or fractal theory, but how we're iterations of the same thing, just slightly different from each other, and having a hard time articulating my question. But if this makes any sense to you, if there's a question in here, please answer it. If there's not, I just hope you have a great day. Thank you for everything you do. You're amazing. I love you. You're magical, for real. You make the world a better place every day. Keep doing what you do. And thank you. Thank you so much, Kirsten. Fear not, I am indeed picking up what you're putting down, and I so appreciate your kind words. As above, so below. As without, so within. One of my favorite old-school magical maxims, and I think it's often misunderstood because it tends to kind of inspire that very literal idea that if you're going to zoom all the way down to the atom and zoom all the way out to the solar system, whoa, they're orbiting each other. It's the same thing. Um, but that's a little bit of a misconception just because our current understanding of the atom is no longer the uh, spinning dots around the nucleus that we're familiar with from the atomic symbol. Uh, that was an old idea that we have updated. Now it's a cloud of probability. And the solar system is just quite simply not an atom. Like <laughs> planets don't uh, have electrical charges that bond with other solar systems and link together the way that molecules do. They're different things. So I've heard ideas about the holograph theory where the whole picture is contained in the smallest part. And I think that kind of short uh, changes it because what's so much more exciting to me is the idea that it stretches out infinitely in both directions. That as you go up, you just keep having different scales of complexity and new forms of organization. And they're all building on those micro foundations of what we find at our core. So I don't think there is a tiny little Devon inside the quarks that make up the electrons, that make up the atoms, that make up the molecules of my physical body. But those quarks are a part of who I am in the same way that I am a part of this great country of the United States of America. And I'm a citizen of planet Earth and I'm a piece of the solar system, even if I'm a very, very tiny one. And I think that's incredible. And I think that's the beauty and awe and mystery, not trying to get everything to fit into that tight loop where we go, oh, it's all the same, but instead just marveling at the way that it expands out fully. I also love the as without, so within that kind of gets dropped off when you do the short version of that slogan. But I think that's a wonderful thing to think about as well. And again, it's not that I am creating the universe. I contain it within my mind. I'm a brain in a jar somewhere, but rather just appreciating that consciousness is a very weird experience that nobody fully understands. And there's a reflection happening between what we're perceiving and what appears to be out there. But we're caught in a funhouse mirror situation where it's hard to tell what's reflection and what is, as Kant put it, uh, the thing in and of itself. So... I can't say that I really have much more information, but I sure do enjoy the mystery. 
Hey, Devin, it's Kirsten again. I guess the other part of my unarticulatable question is regarding the concept um, or of uh, co-resonance, that being that you have to be on a certain wavelength to really perceive or be able to pick up what other people on a certain wavelength are putting down and how when you're not quite on a resonating wavelength, how that can cause miscommunication and how you can better your life by recognizing if that's what's going on and perhaps some ways of just promoting awareness around this amazing, what I've found to be, fact of life, and that when you integrate it into the way you interact with your reality and your loved ones and folks around you or trying to even, like, when it drives you crazy when you're trying to, like, get your dad to watch or read a book because you really think it might be something that would, like, help benefit him and his worldview. I'm a help other people to better their lives even if they didn't ask for it kind of person. And then they just, like, they maybe want to and have, like, every interest in pursuing that topic. But then for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. And then another example is how, like, I just stumbled across your podcast at the right time in my life when I needed just exactly this and it's because I feel like my wavelength was on that wavelength with you where we were able to like see each other. Anyway, any thoughts around this topic? Once again, appreciate what you do. Take care. Have a great day. Oh, well, hello again, Kirsten. What a great second question, which I'm again, totally picking up on. Wavelength. What a wonderful way to talk about this thing that now we, we so often say vibe, but a wavelength is just another way of looking at a vibration. Uh, through a medium. And speech is a wavelength, the wave of sound vibrations moving from my illustrious throat to this microphone into a digital form and then back out again across the air to your ear right now. So in a literal sense, we are on the same wavelength right now. Uh, but I think what you're talking about is really important because we get that feeling sort of intuitively when we vibe with somebody else, when you meet a friend of a friend and it feels like even though you just met them 30 minutes ago, you can talk to them about anything and you just really get each other. And that's because there's a harmony that occurs. And I think harmony is a great way to talk about this because that's what, you know, different musical notes are wavelengths that correspond nicely and resonate together. I'm not a musical theory person, so don't correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Just let me have my fun, magical bad ideas. Uh, but anyways, we feel that when we harmonize with other people, when we're a group of our friends and it's like, yay, this is fun. We're all getting together. It's very different than if we're with a group of coworkers where people are kind of jerks or just boring or whatever it might be. And we don't resonate in the same way. And that's not a value judgment. It's not that there's one right way to resonate. There's just the way that we like to resonate and learning how to adapt to other people I think is really important and really overlooked, especially when you're getting into ideas about magic or self-help and you see people that seem like they're trapped. They're getting in their own way that you see, oh, don't you understand? You could be so much more free if you let go of your repression and your fear and you did things this way. But for somebody who's not on your safe wavelength, that's a very sour note. That comes off as annoying the same way someone who's being grumpy in a room full of optimists comes off. And so one of the things that I've learned in my not just magical practice, but my professional practice of being a hypnotherapist is the concept of rapport. When somebody comes in to see me as a hypnotherapist, 
the thing that I'm focused on immediately before anything else is getting in sync with them, learning how does this person talk? Do they talk fast and a lot and make a lot of jokes or are they slower and thoughtful and more serious? And when you begin to mirror the way that somebody else speaks and their body movements and everything else, you can help that person feel more comfortable and then it's easier to help them create those shifts because they trust you and they feel like you get them. When you come in high-pitched and intense and and somebody's slow and steady, it just feels intrusive. Again, it's that sour note. And so we recoil, our defenses come up and we go, ah. An example that's come up um, a little bit for me lately is just a few memes I saw recently about empaths and how often the person that walks around going, I'm an empath, is not always the best at actually listening to other people and picking up on their emotional state. They're getting a little bit caught up in their idea of what that other person's emotions are. And I think the best thing we can do when we're trying to harmonize our wavelengths is to just be as neutral as possible for a while. Just let go of any agenda. Just really watch that person, hear the way they're speaking, reflect the things that they're talking about, and see if you can get in sync with them. If nothing else, you'll learn more about their experience, and that's more valuable than just trying to shout something important at them that they're not going to hear because they're on a different wavelength. Hi, Devin. I've been listening to your podcast uh, while I drive Uber at night and deliver food, and it's made my experience here living in Chicago, Illinois, a whole lot more magical and has made my reality so much slightly better. (laughs) It uh, has made me, I think, not only kind of replace some of the, like, very high intensity music that I will also commonly listen to. I'm a big fan of both hardcore punk and hardcore techno. And um, that just kind of encourages a person to speed through red lights and rack up way more uh, parking and speeding tickets than they can afford. So um, switching to your podcast and listening to it has been really great while I drive because it's kind of gotten me to slow down and also reconnect with just the simplest of activities, like delivering food for other people and driving around the beautiful city of Chicago, and has made me really want to connect again with the architecture of this place, and has made me experience it in a such more, uh, so much more magical way. Um, I, I think, like a lot of people, uh, because of COVID, I also have been experiencing a kind of an exodus of the friends and connections I've made since I moved here for college like five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, but who's kind of... <laughs> and just uh, today, actually, I was I was driving around for my day job, uh, which is real estate photography, and I was walking up to a building, and a, an old friend of mine from my hometown back in New York that I moved away from eight years ago recognized me on the street and said hi and I was like oh my god like Jordan what's up like good to see you and they're like yeah like I moved here like I hit you up like two years ago and you didn't respond and I was like all right yeah sorry let's kind of got away from you there um and you know I think listening to your podcast 
you know, and also finding your podcast. Um, I was actually trying to find podcasts on ritual magic um, because my my journey into being a magic practitioner is I you could stay lifelong, but also at the same time is like kind of more formal in the last like year year and a half or so. And so I went looking for podcasts on ritual magic, and lo and behold, it was like one of the first things that popped up. So I started listening to it, and um, and lo and behold, the Wizard Hotline has a three-minute time limit on leaving messages. So unfortunately, the caller was cut off, but that's okay. I think there's a little bit of mystery left there, and I'm going to appreciate it. I'm also going to stay with this theme of wavelength because one, I love that the previous call and this one are different people, different locations, and yet we're all now resonating on the same theme within the magical confines of this podcast. That's cool. Two, what they were just saying about driving around with high intensity music and that changing their vibe. Absolutely. Music is literal vibrations and it changes our energy. Uh, That's one of the beautiful things about music. We can use it to calm down. We can use it to speed up and get ramped up before we go party. Uh, When we dance in a crowd to hardcore techno, we are synchronizing our bodies and our heartbeats with the room. And this is something that brings human beings together. And so part of the magic that I try and practice is just being a little intentional about that and saying, if I'm going to drive around Chicago delivering food, what's the vibe that I want? Do I want to be showing up to people's doors like, here's your McDonald's, see you later, and just like have this intensity? Or do I want to be on the wizard wavelength, appreciating all the architecture? Speaking of architecture, what is architecture if not a physical waveform? A skyline has peaks and troughs and people worked very hard to build things out of stone. So taking a moment to not just let it blur into the background, but to really appreciate the architecture and the ideas and the structure all around us is a very good practice to have. And then finally, uh, friends and moving to places and running into people. When I was in high school, I tried to read Kurt Vonnegut several times and never really got into it. I think I like slogged through Breakfast of Champions, but I didn't like it and it was kind of a chore. And I was like, oh, why do people always talk about this guy? Two years later, I'm getting into magic and meditation and I try and read Vonnegut again and it blows my mind and I just devour Sirens of Titan, Cat's Cradle, God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, just like back to back and was just absolutely enthralled. And so I think even the same person resonates at different wavelengths over time. And so sometimes things just aren't hitting you where you are at and you need to come back to it. And the same can be true of social relationships. I moved to New York City and when I moved, I had like 30 random people, uh, good friends, friends from high school, vague acquaintances, et cetera, et cetera, that I tried to reach out to. And of the people that I actually met up with, some proceeded to become good friends and some we had a coffee date and that was it. Whether they had been a good friend before or an acquaintance before was less relevant 
than what we were into at that time. So if I had shared interests and lived on the same train line, we were more likely to resonate and connect. So I hope that you and Jordan have formed a deep bond since then, or maybe you're still not resonating at the same wavelength. Who knows? All good. And I'm glad the podcast found you and whatever lo and behold you're going to give, that will just be a mystery that we take with us into the next call. Hi, Devin. This is Jesse from Chicago, Illinois. I realized uh, in my last message that I forgot to add my name, and I've noticed that people do that when they leave you a message and play them. So by any stroke of luck that this gets on the podcast, feel free to chop up the audio from the last one and this one. I imagine you probably do anyways because things get rambly. Okay. Thanks for everything. Bye. Well, thank you, Jesse from Chicago. So again, we've got two callers back to back. And no, I'm not going to chop up your audio because I like it rambly. That's the whole point of the Wizard Hotline. Not that future callers shouldn't keep their calls nice and their questions nice and concise. But I just think there's something fun about that organic medium. So we'll keep it rolling. My question is, as a wizard, what is your favorite sex position? Thank you. Uh, what a wonderful, fun question. Um, I think any sex position where you can look the other person in the eyes and not move is great. Moving's great, too. Don't get me wrong. You can totally move during sex. But to just not move and breathe and look somebody in the eyes while intertwined with their body. That's wizard style, baby. Oh, hey. I, um, I just, this springtime has gotten me feeling this certain way. I thought maybe a wizard would understand. And the way that I'm feeling is that I'm just in love with everything. It's not like one person or one thing, like everything. And it's really beautiful, but it's also breaking my heart. Oh, how beautiful. Well, you're in spring and I'm in fall and we're kind of high-fiving over summer. And I totally get that sentiment. I, I love fall. It's the season I'm in right now and it's my favorite season. And I think there's something beautiful about letting go and sort of seeing the leaves fall off the trees and approaching the icy death of winter. And we are mortal beings. We are born, we grow, we grow older and then we die. And sometimes that feels very scary. And sometimes there's a moment where you can just kind of hit it right, can resonate with that idea And it feels beautiful. It's just like, oh, this is all it is. And we never understand all of it. And we're in it together. And that's amazing. So I hope your spring has carried you through to a beautiful fall, that you're still in love with everything, and that it's breaking your heart and helping you fall in love over and over and over again. Hi, Wizard Devin. I am looking for a spell or a ritual to forget that you learned to unlearn something or unhear something. I feel like a forgetting spell is boring. I want to unlearn or forget specifically. So any help I could get would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Thank you. Drink your water. Goodbye. 
All right, three spells to unlearn something. The first is a traumatic brain injury. Drop something heavy on your head. Not recommended. Zero out of 10. Do not actually do that. I don't think that's a good idea. Number two is do the thing badly on purpose. This is a wonderful exercise, especially if you're doing something that you actually care about and you want to do a great job at. Do it badly first. You have to make a PowerPoint deck for a big presentation at work. Make the worst PowerPoint presentation you can. All Comic Sans and puking cat gifts and whatever else you can put in there. Just do it the worst way possible. You're right-handed. Do it with your left hand. It's something that's going to take an hour. Do the five-minute version. Just do the worst version of it you can, and that will help break down those patterns and help you unlearn it. And then the other thing is uh, spell number three, nature abhors a vacuum. Trying not to do something is focusing on doing it. Trying to forget something is a great way to remember it. So therefore, do something else. Do something else. Get involved in that. Do it deeply. And that'll help kind of erase a little bit of that, that old pattern. If you're trying to learn several different languages and you start focusing on uh, Italian when previously you were working on German, it's going to kind of fuzz out your German for a little while. So don't get a traumatic brain injury. Do try and do something bad on purpose and push yourself to do some other things, especially adjacent things that you don't actually know how to do. And that'll help you unlearn the thing that you're already so dang good at. What a problem to have. Dearest wizard, I have a question. Why does it always rain on me? Can you tell me? I can. It's um, This is actually the ocean's greatest secret. It's a conspiracy. Everyone is in it except for you. The ocean is behind it. Those sentient shrimp didn't die out. They control the world's weather patterns, and they have made a little black rain cloud that follows you and only you around. Anyone else that you see getting rained on in the news, in person, uh, that's just the Mr. Bottle. That's all it is. Um, you're the only person that experiences rain. And I'm sorry you caught us. And I hope that you can unlearn this information um, as quickly as possible. Hi, it's me, your fiance. And I'm just wondering if on the air you wouldn't mind saying why you think we fell in love and what you think the purpose of our magical connection is. I just left your beautiful one-year anniversary party of Wizard Wednesday, and you're just the most incredible being I've ever met. And I don't know if I could really ever express how grateful I am for you in my life. I love you. Aww. What a beautiful message from my beautiful poet fiance. And I'm happy to share just that little authentic slice of, of our relationship with you all. And I'll give you a very earnest answer that is on the theme of this whole episode, which is we met uh, and it was love at first sight. It was very, we have a very good meet cute story. I think we were both able, not just in that moment when we met, but immediately following when we were starting to make plans uh, to see that the other person was on the same wavelength, was picking up what we were putting down, and that makes all of the difference in the world. So I think when we met, we saw somebody else who said yes and, 
And that means that I don't know the great purpose. I could, I could spin a yarn about how we're going to start a poetic wizard commune and everyone will come shelter during the apocalypse and then we'll create a new world where the ocean's back alive and we're all planting seeds and it's just, you know, beautiful hippie harmony. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen. And that's what I love about our love is that we are joining forces to step forth into that mystery and every step of the way we're just getting to check in with each other and see how we can help each of us take that next step together and i i guess i will say for anyone out there that's having trouble finding someone that's on the same wavelength as you online dating sucks like no one like you know we've let apps and algorithms take control of this human process and we have all of the pressure of all of the romantic stories we see um, in the world and media and social media wherever it might be and then it's a slog to like you know just get a bunch of dick pics and ghosts and all the other garbage that's on those apps but I think when we show up for a date expecting the worst when we really kind of resign ourselves to like oh this better not suck that's the wavelength we're asking the other person to get on. And is it any surprise when somebody else comes in with their, oh, this better not suck, that it clashes and it sounds bad? So I think when you go out on a date, a first date, showing up and just saying, what's this person's wavelength and how can I get on board with it? And maybe I'll get off of it at the end of the date and I'll be like, all right, your wavelength sucks later. But just getting into that neutral space where you can show up and you can ask yourself, what is this person talking about? How are they saying things? What is their body language? And how can I kind of sync myself with that and then see if I can gently steer us in a direction of having some fun? Because that's the thing with a date is you can always just have a fun, weird adventure and then be like, well, that other person didn't get on board the end. And that's a lot more fun than just perpetually sipping a beer at a weird bar that you don't like and you went to just because it's close to your house. So anyways, I love you, Lisa Ann. Thank you for calling. Hello, lovely. It's Ursula or Ursi for short. I just wanted to say thank you so much for that um, one year anniversary of Wizard Wednesdays. We all looked and vibed each other out very amazingly well. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope everybody wears whatever they want and feel like. Like, I'll wear a gown at going grocery shopping. So do you, don't follow a box, because boxes are only meant for cereals. Anyways, love you all, sunshiny, all over the place, glitter everywhere. Have a great day. Bye, y'all. Ursula signing off. Do whatever you want. Don't do whatever you don't want. Wear whatever you want. Don't wear whatever you don't want. Clothes are a social construct that we agree upon. Well, I guess fashion. I mean, clothes are a physical construct that keeps us from getting thorns on our butt. But fashion is a social construct that we agree upon. I mean, why is a piece of cloth around a man's neck make him look like he's ready for business. Like what? You don't even use a tie in business. You're not allowed to like mop up spills with it. And that, you know, like what is a tie? What is it doing there? 
Why is it hanging around that person's neck? So yeah, wear whatever you want. Wear a gown to the grocery store. Wear wizard robes on the, on the subway. Because I tell you what, what you wear sends a signal. And if you're wearing something fun, it lets other people know that you're fun. And then they might get on your wavelength and start up a conversation. That's literally the entire point of a band t-shirt And yet most of the people that wear band t-shirts are like, "Ugh, are you trying to talk to me about my band t-shirt? Yes. Yes, I am. You're wearing a billboard for an artist I like. Absolutely. Of course I am. That's why I made a This Podcast is a Ritual t-shirt. So people would say, you're wearing a wizard shirt. I should talk to you about wizard stuff. Which, if you want to wear a wizard shirt, you can get it on the website at personisawake.com slash shop. So that's a little ad for wearing wizard stuff because that's what I like to wear, but you should wear whatever you want to wear. That's your wherewithal. Hi there. I, uh, my name is Skylar. I just wanted to call and give a little thanks. I've been binging a bunch of podcasts recently after getting off of a lot of social media because it's just, it's just poison for my brain at this point. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I basically spent all day the other day from as long as it takes to get from Kansas all the way back to Texas, just enjoying your thoughts, your guests, things like that. And uh, it kind of came at a perfect time, you know. It's kind of how things go. I'm Norse pagan myself, and so in our tradition, we usually say it's the web of weird that is woven in such a way that things happen. You kind of go with the flow without seeing where what the future holds and how it affects the past. It's it's all a very fun concept. But, um, yeah, that's basically all. I've I've enjoyed reaching out. This is really the first time that I've explored magic, that I have explored all these things that I'm reading about and hearing about. And uh, I like that. I like that at 26 I can kind of set up my life and see where it's going and and figure out things to be excited about as young and as I am and as old as I feel in my joints. (laughs) But I'll leave you with one thought that I realized recently. The island has no need to calm the sea, which is a lovely little thought that I thought up and tweaked it till it fit into iambic... Let me correct that. Iambic pentameter... I am theatrical, if nothing else. But uh, the vibe there is that if you are connected to the seafloor, you have no need to calm the chaos of the waves around you. You understand where you're supposed to be when everyone else is running around like a chicken with their heads cut off. (laughs) And I think that's a comforting thought in the world we're living in, the continuing pandemic world crises. It's comforting to know that there's always a foundation somewhere. So thank you for helping me explore that foundation and build up my magic to be a little bit more perceptible so that I, too, can know that it's real. (laughs) Have a good day. Thank you, Skylar, so much for those wonderful words and tying all of our various themes together in a very handy little web. I love that image of the web and it makes me think of Indra's net, which is from the sort of Vedic tradition. And it's the idea of seeing 
reality or whatever, uh, the cosmos, as a net that has a jewel at each little intersection and each jewel is reflecting all of the other jewels, which takes us back to that idea of the holographic reality. And it's not that every jewel contains all of the other jewels, but mirrors them. And I think in our weird web of the modern world, uh, it's not that we get a full view in all of them. We're all reflecting in different ways. So we're lost in this kind of funhouse mirror of are we looking at ourselves? Are we projecting? Are we seeing somebody else, something else? Are we seeing a full view? Can the person across from me see things that I can't see because they're in my blind spot? And that's the the web that has been woven that we're all co-weaving and uh, we're all trying to navigate together and avoid getting wrapped up in spider webs and sucked dry by all the various social media poisons and things that uh, are everywhere. So you used to have TV and it had three channels and then it had 60 channels and then it had satellite and a thousand channels. And now we don't even have that idea of channels uh, because it's just content streams, content and streams, streaming platforms and content coming at us from every direction. But if you think about TV and channels, if you don't like what you're watching, you can change the channel. If there's only a few channels, you only have a few options. But now we have so many more. And I'm guilty of this too. You know, these things are pernicious. They sneak in around the edges and suck at our attention. But yeah, if you want to drive from Kansas to Texas and you want to feel more magical, listen to a magical podcast. Uh, One of my favorite ways to listen to music is to think about what would be a good soundtrack for this moment? If it's a foggy, gray day, what's going to feel right for that? Maybe a little spooky Enya kind of vibe, like I'm out, you know, swirling around in the misty moors chasing a unicorn. And that'll just add some magic to that experience that would be very different than if I was driving to a party and I wanted to fist pump the roof of my car and listen to hardcore techno. I love uh, this this phrase that you've given us of the island has no need to calm the ocean. Uh, the ocean's got its secrets, which we will never fully uncover, but we can be the little island and those waves are just going to lap at our shore and do what they do. But let's Gilligan's Island the fuck out of this, y'all. You know, let's make some coconut radios and some cool palm frond huts and have ourselves a luau. I think that's the only option remaining. So thank you all who have called in. Thank you all who will call in. That number once again is 860-415-6009. And by listening and calling and creating and consuming, we're all weaving a web together, a web of wizardry. When I first decided to become a wizard, I was just one little tiny jewel and I wasn't reflecting much more than the world that I saw. But now that we're into the future, you are all a part of this magic. Your belief makes me more of a wizard. My wizardry helps you unlock your magic and we're creating this together. So thank you all for being a part of the worldwide wizard web. And I look forward to seeing what calls come in tomorrow. I believe in you. Your magic is real. Call the wizard. Ask him a question. Call the wizard. What's on your mind? Call the wizard hotline. Call the wizard. Any old time. Call the wizard.
hotline.